Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Blair Hicks. My name is Count Drew Hicks, and it's Halloween. Oh, Nearly very, very much. That's very spooky. Don't oh, spook you? You spooked me a little bit, Drew. <laughs> I uh, I rewatched one of the cornerstone Halloween specials from our childhood. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Which one? I watched the Halloween that almost wasn't. Ah, the VHS release of which is called Dracula, Dracula Saves the World. No, the day Dra- Dracula saves the day. The day Dracula, the day Dracula saves, saves the world. Saves the world, I think it is. Yeah, and it has never been released on DVD. Wow! And, but it, it's on YouTube. It has, that, it has that fool that plays uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad. Yeah, from Hirsch. Uh, yeah, Hirsch. Uh, uh, um, Eddie Hirsch or something. So uh, Judd Judd Hirsch, and uh, he plays Dracula, and he's unbelievably funny as a kid i thought he was funny and going back and watching it he's really really funny i'm not joking like it's this combination of like marx brothers delivery and vaudeville crap and it's genuinely genuinely funny he's like it's one of those days i wish that i was dead and it's then you know it's very very funny and there's a blazing saddles uh, not blazing says a young frankenstein joke in that special really yeah, he calls all the monsters together. Mm-hmm. If anyone hasn't seen it, very simple plot. Yeah. Um, Dracula is calling all the monsters together because he thinks they're not scary enough anymore. And well, because Halloween's going to get canceled, right? Well, he, that's what he's heard. And what's really happening is the witch is threatening not to ride over the moon on her right. broom, right. which is how Halloween starts because she has illicit demands. She's tired of being told that she's ugly. Mm-hmm. She wants equal power. It's very kind of women's lib late 70s it's very cool mm. and there's a lot of heavy-handed legit history of halloween at the beginning um really but anyway, judd hirsch is great the uh young frankenstein joke is that when frankenstein arrives at the castle yeah uh, dracula says uh you know all you guys aren't scary anymore and he says and you Ever since you saw that film, all you're interested in is tap dancing. <laughs> I like tap dancing. He goes, you like tap dancing? And then he jumps on your foot and makes him jump. And he's like, I give you tap dancing. It's, it's very, very funny. Everybody's trying to get out of Halloween. We're the only schmucks trying to get into Halloween. <laughs> That's exactly what it, He gets mad at the wolf man. He's like, and you, you shaved your beard and your hands for a razor commercial. You know, it's very funny. Like, I yeah. liked it. It's uh, it's something, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a deep cut. Uh, by the way, you mentioned the the ancient history of Halloween. I don't want to go into this, but um, I have a friend of mine who is a producer and director out in LA. I was visiting him ages ago. He has a big idea board up in his office, and he had uh, a word written, which was S A M H A I N. Sam Hain, like, well, like okay, uh, so. I asked him, I said, oh, that's, I was like, oh, that's cool. You're, you're making a, do you, well, go ahead. Do you know what this is? Well, I, I, I have a general idea of what it is and I, and knowing what it is, I know that's why Danzig was in a band called Sam Hain. So, well, okay. I'm, I'm glad I can set the record straight here. So I told him, uh, I was like, oh, cool. Samhain. And he was like, what? And I pointed to it and he was like, oh, Sam Hain. And I was like, no dog. It's pronounced Samhain. 
And he was like, no, no, no. It's like an old Celtic word for Halloween. I was like, I don't want to go into why I know this. But it is pronounced <laughs> Samhain. So if it comes up, <laughs> it is not Samhain. All right. I, okay. that, I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that because there's nothing I like more than correcting Misfits fans. Right, yeah. Find you a Misfits fan and be like, well, actually, it's an old Celtic word derived from Old Welsh. Like, <laughs> uh, Misfits fans have a really good sense of humor when people drop knowledge on them about <laughs> things the Misfits got wrong. Well, enough about ancient Halloween. Uh, we have some apologies for Julius Greaser, and I would like to begin if that's okay. Uh, not so much an apology, but just a recognition. You were totally right. It's based, uh, The Warriors uh, is based off of a Greek set of novels, seven novels, from Xenophon called Anabasis. Anabasis, and yeah. I legitimately ordered a copy of it. Like, I can't wait to read it. I didn't, could not believe that I didn't know that. Is it not in the credits or... I don't think it is, but what is in the credits and uh, something that I would like to bring up is that mm. The Warriors is based on a novel, which is based on Anabasis. And I have never, I, I've never read Anabasis. I'm not trying to sound smart. I yeah. just know that that's a thing. Um, no, you called it. You were totally right. But I've never read the novel. So mm -hmm. I'm going to read the novel. It's, it's on my Amazon. Ooh, that's what we should do. You read the novel. I'll read Anabasis. And then let's that's compare. And then, like, and then let's watch the Warriors. <laughs> I like the amount of intellectual heavy lifting I got away with on that agreement. So I'm very pleased with that. Uh, well, I was I was right about the uh, the guy trying to unite the gangs being named Cyrus, uh, but I think I said one of the gangs was called the Cons, which is absolutely not true. That is one of the gangs from Fallout New Vegas. So that is that is not from the Warriors. There are the there there are tons in there, but none of them are called the Cons. That's all right. I I was really proud of myself for about half a second when I realized that when I said the Furies was the baseball gang, and then I was like, "Of course they are the baseball Furies." That's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, no, that's that's a bad way to start that sentence. Which, as you point out, I'd like to start sentences five or six times. I was going to say I wish the Warriors <laughs> was a Planet Planet X film, but actually, I'm really glad that that film found its audience. I think we could show it at Planet X. Because I think there's enough people who know what it is but have never actually seen it for us to show it. Yeah. No, I think I think it's I think it's a Planet X film for sure because it, it hasn't found a well, okay. I don't think the definition of a Planet X film is maybe that it hasn't found its audience. I think that can be one of the criteria. But it's a really cool, underappreciated movie that, to your point, a lot of people just haven't seen. I and, feel like it's a movie that people are aware of in a very real way because there's been a video game. There was a big, you, you know, there was that big subway ride two years ago where like the whole cast got together and like all these mm -hmm. people got on these New York trains to okay. take now, that ride. And So you mentioned the Warriors video game, which I was not going to try to bring up, but now I have to talk about it, which well, is... That. Opened the fallout door, so... That, yep, that's true. Walk on through with the Warriors game. That Warriors video game came out when I was in college, and it was a great game. It was kind of like, I mean, it was made by Rockstar, so it was kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but it had this great mode where you could battle each other, and you could fight each other as, like, you could pick each character, or you could just pick, like, a whole gang. So you could pick, like, I want to beat the Warriors, and it would give you five dudes, and you could go into, like, this match, and you could beat the crap out of each other. And there was one level that was a subway. All of this is very important because trains would come by. And if you were on the train tracks or near enough to the train tracks when the train came by, your guy turned into red mist. Now, there are two other features that this game had. One, you could set the other team to AI. So you didn't have to fight your friends. You could actually just fight the computer. You could actually set 
both teams to AI and just and watch the game. Watch? Yep. Now, second fact, one of the teams was called the Bums, if I remember right, and it was just homeless guys who just screamed nonsense and flailed <laughs> around. And what me and my friends in college would do is we would set up a bum versus bum fight, and then we would take bets on which side would win, and we would for hours watch these bums, and they would say the most like horrendously grim, like "I used to be somebody." And then, oh my god! And then one of them, you'd see one of them start to walk off, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no! He's on the tracks!" <laughs> that is the darkest thing I've heard in a long time. It was video are dark now. So that's saying a lot um it was surprisingly entertaining <laughs> but uh we have we have other business we have a live screening coming up uh on thursday or friday excuse me final fridays friday october the 26th at our new partner kunstler brewery uh we're doing a halloween double feature of the blob and invaders from mars those are both the 1980s remakes of the 1950s classics uh so if you're in or around the san antonio south texas area come out to kunstler in Southtown and uh and we'll show you a good time um, but on this podcast, uh, well, I was going to say we don't talk about our screenings, but we definitely do talk about our screenings, it's but our main purpose. Of, yeah, it's not the bulk of the podcast, but it does come up from time to time when we're not making up brand new movies. That's right. That's what we're here to do. We are here to take your uh, movie title suggestions uh, and turn them into uh, at least comparable or at least comprehensible films, uh, if, if not cinematic gold. Uh, if you have a hypothetical movie title suggestion, you can get it to us by emailing us at planetxcinema at gmail.com or by going to our website, planetxcinema.com and clicking on that submit button right up there. Uh, this week's uh, suggestion, I am happy to announce, comes to us from Colton Bowen, who was our first ever movie title uh, submitter. He submitted Halloweeners. Oh, well, well thank you very much, Colton. Uh, thank you very much. Colton has for us this week, uh, it's uh, in a similar vein to Halloweeners. Colton has done it again with dinosaurs. It's not S-O-R-E-S, is it? It is S-O-R-E-S. Dinosaurs. That that guy likes a portmanteau, doesn't he? He likes portmanteaus. He likes puns. He's a funny guy. He's a funny Um, guy. Dinosaurs. It did. I've got to do the thing. The first thing it reminded me of. Okay, what do you got? Dino saucers, which we both love the opening to. Dino saucers. (laughs) So fucking good. I love that show. Ordinary kids. Oh my god, man! Dino saucers. That that and Dino Dino Masters was the one where they rode them around, right? Uh, like, no, no. What was that called? Not Dino Masters. People and aliens crash land on prehistoric Earth. Dino Riders. Dino Riders. I Dino like Riders. Toys. That was a good toy. You know, the '80s had a weird obsession, though. There was a uh, um, what was his name? Uh, Denver, the last dinosaur. Denver, the last dinosaur. <laughs> He's my best friend. <laughs> a lot, but anyway, <laughs> we're, we're way way dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Okay, so what? Okay, you you. you the first thing it made me think of was that scene from Jurassic Park where uh, Dr. Sadler inexplicably pops a pimple on the tongue of the Triceratops? Yes, she does. Big and it's old. just raunch. Like, <laughs> there's no reason for that scene to be in that movie. Well, uh, actually, I, I did sort of have an idea. I've been watching um, Q, also known as Q, the Winged Serpent. Have you yeah. ever seen 
It's mm-hmm. a, a great film. I'd really like to show it this next season. It may it may not work out, but yeah, it's kind of a weird American kaiju film. Yeah, very much so, but it plays like a serial killer movie. It's mm-hmm. the only movie I can think of. There are a lot of monster movies where there are there, they go like, who's killing all these people? And then it turns out to be a monster, but very few uh, movies where they're like, who's killing all these people? It's Quetzalcoatl and he's 500 feet tall, you know? Right. That's kind of <laughs> but it did make me, so I was thinking about that movie. Like, what's, your, what's your list of suspects? Well, there's Johnny the Knife. Right. Uh, he, has a, he has a habit. There's... Uh, fingers. <laughs> yeah, there's Fingers. He's uh, He's been seen at the scene of two of the crimes. Johnny Slipknot. Total, the 900-foot serpent who's bathed <laughs> in blood, but it just doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> That's basically what uh, David Carradine and Richard Roundtree do for about 45 minutes. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, this is actually kind of tagging back a little bit on Halloweeners is, I was thinking, though, if you had somebody that was trying to uh, clone dinosaurs, we're not doing Jurassic Park, but something to do with dinosaurs or radiating fossils or something like that. There oh, okay. could, a, people could be, they could catch a disease and manifest sores and then turn into anthropomorph, like dino half-breed people. Yeah, okay, so I think, yeah, great, and good progress. I think that's where we're ending up. It's right in the name, and like, this is one of those titles I don't feel like we can, we we don't have a ton of latitude with it. Like, it has to involve dinosaurs, and it has to involve lesions of some kind. That's true. Tying tying those two things together is like, yeah, you get lesions and you turn into a dinosaur. Like, great, we're done. Um, But I think within that, we can do a lot of really cool shit. Right. What's the most fun way to get there? Right. Yeah. Okay. We know where we're going. Let's try to find the the scenic route to get there. Right. And I, 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 can I, can I suggest I, something? Yes, please. Cause I was just stuttering. So please. Can we, can we tie this? Cause like, okay. A lot of movies try to do like, they do like hand service to science. And I think I think a really cool, like, like just like muggy thing one of the characters can do is be like, nobody's really sure why the dinosaurs went extinct. Maybe it was oh, a meteorite. Yes. Maybe it was changing temperatures. Maybe it was a disease. And then like, bum bum bum. Okay, this is the, this is what wiped out the dinosaurs. It's one of those uh, movies that does like the Mario Brothers movie where they were like, you know how science, <laughs> science yeah. has got a thing about dinosaurs? Well, fuck science. Yeah. Fuck it. You okay, know, if you de-evolve far enough, you turn into a mushroom. <laughs> it goes uh, protozoa, fish, walking fish, weird mushroom period, then rodent, then human. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, it's a, very odd. I actually like that movie way more than I should, and we really shouldn't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but Well, uh, we did We did mention the uh, the cars with shit all over them in Hard Eagles. Oh, no, we're clearly fans. I'm not apologizing for liking the movie. I'm just saying that if we start now, that's the podcast. You know, apparently that... Uh, okay, uh, we're doing it. Let's do it. No, okay. no, it's, just, it's worth mentioning. Like, uh, John Leguizamo, in an interview, claimed that... Um, he and Bob Hoskins don't remember most of the movie because they were like blackout drunk on set most of the time. My favorite anecdote about that is that they uh, would, he would, they would do shots of scotch, shots of scotch before takes. And they, they did that before the, um, one of the scenes where they had to be in the van 
Mm. And then they got in the van and they were like, oh crap, we have to drive this thing. I mean, it's not on a bed. You know, they actually had to drive the fucking thing. No shit. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's super unusual. They don't remember it that well. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I I think the writers were probably doing the same thing, (laughs) judging from the way that movie kind of pans out. I've never seen, there is a great, uh, documentary I think it's on YouTube uh, like the real making of that movie about just what a dumpster fire it was and how everyone knew it was a dumpster fire and well it's a classic it's a, a classic example of overthinking it like all they had to do well first off I don't know that they had any business making a Mario Brothers movie but second off what the fuck were they thinking like making it like a trans-dimensional somewhat post-apocalyptic vaguely cyberpunk movie with like I, like I, I just it's such a weird era like of filmmaking generally speaking but Hollywood was doing some weird shit in the early 90s they were coming off the second golden era and so like you have like these strange sci-fi elements that just start leaking into all these films like you have like Johnny Mnemonic and like Lawnmower right. Man and like these fucking loco movies that well, I think I the, and then like I think some of that like saturated into Mario Brothers, which should have been like bubblegum colored action adventure fun. Like, I think that that's the really weird, funny part of the story is that um, yes, they were rewriting it as the movie was being filmed and stuff. But every time they showed dailies to Nintendo, Nintendo was like, "This is fine. Like this product." <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, because you think at some point the guys from Nintendo would be like, um... Yeah, Shinjiro Miyamoto's like, uh, wait a minute. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Every, everyone from Nintendo totally fine. They're like, it does not matter what this movie is. It says Super Mario Brothers. People right. will, like, do whatever you want. We do not care. Also, that had to be it, right? Like, we are, No, it's that's true. And we are from a country that does very silly things. So if you would like to do some very silly... they really, They really didn't care. So anyway, it's wild. Um, so we got a long way down the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Okay, so uh, okay, so let's talk. Okay, we like the idea that it's tied to their extinction. It's obviously people are gonna they're going to develop lesions and sores. They're going to become vaguely dinosaur. Are we talking about like the mo- like again? We're not making a zombie movie, but are we talking like the model of a zombie movie where like we're dealing with an infection that's taking out a group of people? Yeah, and they're I was being converted, say, or is this like one person, or is this like a thing scenario? Like, what? Let's put some straight. Right. So you're you're basi- so basically what you're asking is like, are we doing, um, you know, like an epidemic movie, or are we doing The Fly? Right. Yeah, like, what kind of movie do you want to make tonight? Yeah, and I was I was I was thinking about doing the whole like patient zero, and we have to right. con- yep. we have to contain this person who's slowly turning into a dinosaur which i kind of actually like and they're See, trying okay. to hunt this person down before it infects other people and mm-hmm. and gets li- you understand what i'm getting at mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kind of an escaped creature a species type movie if you will yeah yeah i, I yeah species is exactly what i was thinking of um but, but here's uh, the thing Here, here's what i want to do i want to yeah. challenge us because i think we can make this a planet x movie right off the bat by making one simple decision Lay it on me, dude. Let's do it. The hero is infected. And the hero is developing dino powers. We we are in amazing agreement because I was going to suggest the same thing. Right? The, 
the person with dinosaurs should be the sympathetic person. Yes. Okay. A la Dead Heat. We're like, I mean, let's not do Dead Heat, but it, not to ruin anything, in Dead Heat, somebody dies, they come back to life. And the whole premise of the movie is why are these people coming back to life? I love the idea that like somebody's messing around with dino DNA. They're creating these like dino, dino DNA. <laughs> dino DNA. That's right. Um, they're creating these monsters, maybe. We're veering into Hard Eagles too a little bit, so I want to steer away from that. But I think our protagonist has dinosaurs, so he is simultaneously looking for the cure to dinosaurs and taking advantage of the amazing dino powers he's getting from uh, said dinosaurs. Um, so how, how, does, how does that sit with you? It sits well. Um, I have a question for you. And sure. Because we're moving it along. I want to keep moving it along. Um, so... Are you thinking maybe we do something like, I mean, the easiest analog for me is like the lizard in Spider-Man comics where you have a guy that's basically, Ooh. you know, or, or maybe not the lizard, but somebody who's trying to cure a disease and by doing that infects themselves with the disease, right? Yeah, okay. So it's like he's discovered something in the dino DNA that like could cure a disease. So he's working with these bones and he's getting the marrow out or whatever. And then like, or like Swamp Thing, not the comic, but the movie, you know, mm -hmm. where it like yeah. kind of turns themselves into a monster. Um, but instead okay. of Cronenberg with it, like it's fun. It's like a chase movie, sort of. Okay, well, I like Cronenberg very much. So I think well, in the I third act, in the third act of this movie, this guy has to go full dino. Oh, it's going to be like Freaked. He's going to look like, um, you know, a Freak Boy. He's going to look like Alex Winter and Freak. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, actually, I recently watched a movie called The Hideous Sun Monster uh, that I think I told you about, which is kind of a reverse werewolf story. It's a 1950s B-movie about this guy who gets hit with nuclear radiation, and if he's out in the sunlight, he turns into, like, a horrible lizard monster that's good at parkour. And it's amazing. But <laughs> at the end of the movie, he goes full lizard man, and yeah. I think that's what we should do in the third act. I think that's yeah. great. I think that's great. The second thing I was going to say, and I hate to harp on this stuff, but if we're going to listen to Dr. Joseph Campbell, the hero has to have a refusal of the call, which usually in these kind of movies is he's not the instigator of the thing. He has to get the dinosaurs and be like, I don't want these. This is bad. Well, does and he work in a lab? Scene. He could. Yeah, he could be like, yeah, he could be like a lab <laughs> assistant, right? But what I was thinking is like, he's, he's, he's like an investigator who sent, well, no, now we're just doing dead heat. Fuck. Yeah, and he's an also- who, who has to go, I was, was going to say, he's an investigator that has to go in because somebody's messing around with dino shit and then he gets the dino shit on him and now he's got to like deal with it. But that's note for note, dead heat. We Don't beat yourself up. I was about to create like my fourth Joe Nefario and then next week would just be another- <laughs> ad lib minions conference so don't don't worry about it you're right let's do this let's do your idea he's working in the lab late one night Ooh, me again. <laughs> uh so he was working in the lab late yeah. <laughs> with dino dna and, oh, uh, there's a lot of rubber band voices this episode this is gonna be fun um be a good one to edit okay um let's see okay wait here's okay we don't have we don't have a motivation for this guy we don't have any we don't have a plot yet yeah, we don't have it. We have a good idea. We know where we're going. Okay, wait. I want to suggest a template. We have The Giver, which is a film about a kid who gets superpowers that are from outer space, and he has to fight monsters from outer space. And it ends up being that the bad guys from outer space want the thing that he has that turns him into The Giver because it's the ultimate weapon. 
Hmm. So is there an angle here where our villains want, oh, that's what it is. He has a sample of some of like the, the oh, they, that's what it is. They find a frozen dinosaur or something that has these lesions on it and he's experimenting on it. He accidentally gets the dinosaurs, but the sample is destroyed in the process. Now he has superhuman dino powers and somebody wants him so they can dissect him and get the dino powers for themselves. So they're oh, not sending dino monsters after him. He has the dinosaurs. It's, it's like a super, it's a shitty superhero movie. It's like Darkman. It's like Guyver. Like, I like it. It's, it's, well, it's 75% of Captain America comics, which is like, why can't we recreate this? This serum? Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> but, but it's the villain. Like, the, yeah, the yeah. villain wants to create the super soldier serum. Yeah. So your villain is like you're the red skull of the piece. The super, maybe, okay. ooh, maybe, oh, oh, wait a minute. What if the villain... Oh, this is Planet X Gold. What if the villain is like, I was going to say the president, but maybe like the CIA or the NSA, where like they can destroy his life. They can see him at all times. Like they can send agents after him and they're trying to get it to weaponize it. And he's like, no, this, this, this is too powerful to be in anyone's. Now we have like a dark anti-hero with dino powers. Man, there's a little bit of laser blast going on in this. Yes, movie. yeah, exactly. Yeah, is that good? Can we do that? I I think we can. It was a government lab. It was a government lab. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he worked for like a he worked for the Pentagon, and I guess that's weird. They don't really have an archaeology division. Whatever. That's great. That's that's fucking Planet X through and through. That, no, of course they do. They have a they have a paleobiology. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Lab. Oh, yeah. that's good too, because there can be a line where it's like, "I'm a nuclear physicist. Why are you researching dinosaurs?" And he's like, "Actually, the past is our future." Like. Those, oh, he can do the fucking, those who don't know the past are doomed to repeat it, yada, yada. Then he finds yeah. the dinosaurs. They're literally doomed to repeat it. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, I have, I have a question that I need you to solve for me. Yeah. If the dinosaur gave him the dinosaurs. Right. Why can't he give the dinosaurs to other people? Well, that was my original pitch in that like, or not my original pitch, but one of my early uh, pitches in that he gets the dinosaurs and then he escapes and I thought we were going to do the sort of um, patient zero thing where he he's trying to, he's kind of like the Hulk. He's trying to cure himself yeah. while the government is trying to stop him. And, and if we're going to do that movie, I very much would like to get Ron Perlman in some sort of a military <gasps> role. Oh, that's so that, good. Like he's... So we're, so we're going like late 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s? Uh, yeah, we, we definitely can. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, I, I can see this as like a low, like a low rent reaction to species and mimic, where they like yeah. somebody saw like somebody saw Kronos and mimic and was like, yeah. "Hey, who's this Ron Perlman guy? We got to get him." And Ron needed the work at the time, so he did this. I think, I think I want to make one change, if it's okay with you. Oh no, absolutely. That was a very rough sketch. What do you have? I think the scientist should be female. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, we have to have a female lead, and yeah. Well, you have species, so you have you have an analog there. Also, if you're going to have Ron Perlman in the in the kind of villain military role, which I love, I love. We've got to have a contrast to him, and Ron is such a big personality. I said that like I fucking know the guy. Mister Perlman is such a large personality. Hold on, hold on. wait a minute. You you <laughs> you dropped something. Hold on. It's down here somewhere. There it is. You dropped Ron Perlman's name right there on the. <laughs> If you're going to have him, he's such like a, like a big jawed masculine dude that I that feel like that against, that against another dude is going to play like, it's just going to be like watching Commando or something. So I yeah, think if you, no, put, no, if you put like a female researcher 
who's going full species, like turning into dinosaurs and getting claws and shit. That feels so much better. Oh my God. Are we going like straight late nineties, um, uh, like straight to video movie where it's like, <gasps> yes. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. Or, you, you know, uh, or, you know, anyone from any nineties TV show looking for well, work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like totally like Elizabeth Berkeley, like, Tiffany Amber I mean, literally anyone who's not safe for the bell, fucking Mario Lopez is in this one. But like, what, what, I, what I like about this is like, I feel like this, could, this was pitched as like, it's the fly, but like with a really badass empowered female. So like, it's like, the, we're watching the fly, we're watching this person like break down, but instead of getting more and more monstrous, they're getting like more and more powerful. Which I think is really cool, actually, like as a, as a framework for a movie. But I think opposite Ron Perlman, you can't have a dude in there. You've got to have, and, and I don't know, I, I, I totally get your point about Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I think we can do better casting than that, but it's a great starting point. You know who it is? It's Ginny Garth from Beverly Hills 90210. Perfect, yes. It's going to be Ginny Garth uh, because watching her turn into this awful monster is so, so sweet. Mm, it's going to be great. On that. Okay, that's Ginny good. Garth, Ron Perlman, that's good. Uh, Ron Perlman, okay, so we start, okay, let's go to the beginning of the movie. We start the movie with, uh, she is unearthing this like amazing dinosaur specimen. They're bringing it into her lab. Ron Perlman comes by for like a spot check. Uh, and he's like, I don't know why we're wasting our time on all this, you know, old dinosaur shit. Well, we should be developing lasers and bombs. And she's like, well, you know, uh, something wiped out the dinosaurs. Nobody knows what it was. Maybe it was a meteor. Maybe it was this, blah, blah, blah. I did some good casting here because if you have ever watched an episode of Beverly Hills 90210, Ginny Garth is able to deliver those pithy, like, actually, it's really important that we learn about the dinosaurs. Yeah, a little, little highfalutin, right? Enough in my comments, like, but your department hasn't been getting any results. So we could be buying bullets for my men. Yeah, I, if I don't see results out of this, I'm shutting. I'm shutting down this whole paleontology research department, and then he leaves. So she's got this pressure on her. She's like, "Fuck! I have to deliver results. I'm going to push it to the limit. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to inject myself with some of this dino blood." Yep. And so, and she's, what, what is it, wait, wait, what, we have to get this. What is it that she's trying to cure, or what is the benefit that she's trying to get? We can't do cure cancer because that's deep blue sea. It's got to be something dumb. Just give me soldiers. anything. Super soldiers. She's trying to make. Uh, she's trying oh, to because she works for the government. Okay, no, wait, that's perfect. Yeah, that's she's perfect. trying. To, she's trying to take the ferocity of the Velociraptor and turn it into, or the. Uh, I was going to say, what, what's the fucking one? Dem, demis, dem, the, the one that they actually mean when they say Velociraptor? Deinonychus. Deinonychus. Deinonychus? I learned that's how you actually say that from a dinosaur podcast. Okay, so the dominatrix dinosaur. They're trying to right. take the DNA out of the dominatrix and put it into her. Right. So that she, and yeah, and like, that's it. She can't get funding for like, nobody's going to give her soldiers. So she injects it into herself. Nothing happens. She's a failure. They shut down her department. She's, she's at home her, alone. drinking. in her apartment, drinking white wine. Like right. you do. She's like, I'm a fucking failure. They shut me down. This is the end of the world. And then she notices like a sore on her. And she's like, what the fuck? It's is like this? a little green 
plus like just a like like maybe just like a scale actually well see I, yeah i was thinking it, it has scales around it but i'm glad you went there yeah like she just she has like some eczema like some scaly yeah. eczema <laughs> scratching it up she's getting in the shower like ooh, this is bad also she's jenny garth so she's god jenny garth i'm not i don't mean to pat my own back but that oh. may be a really good cast Wait, here's what we can do okay because it's this kind of film she had a super rough day she calls her boyfriend and she's like, you have to come over. I had the worst day. He comes over. She starts to notice the eczema. She covers it up. She goes and takes a shower. She covers it up. She gets in bed. And then, like, they start doing it. And she kind of, like, Conan the Barbarian style <laughs> transforms and just yes. threads the bedroom, wakes up the next day. And her boyfriend is like, what the fuck was that? Like, you were crazy last night. I've got scratches all over me. Oh, that's very good because that's the last shot of the movie. He now has dinosaurs. But, uh, yeah. And then David David Carradine and Richard Roundtree walk into the room and they go like, well, we've got a few options of what happened here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she realizes something's going on. So now she's back in the lab trying to figure out what happened to her? Oh, I like this boyfriend character too. Like kind of like oh. a like like a like a Xander on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of like somebody who's removed from the situation but is is still taking part in it. That feels good. Well, I I needed I I'm I was I was listening to you play out the boyfriend scene because I was curious as to how you would go and you have made a hard decision, which is good. Let's make this let's make this decision together. Do you want the boyfriend to be the helper character? that help you that you know the person that aids her in the movie mm-hmm. or do you mm-hmm. want the boyfriend character to be like the boyfriend character just like we described it is still a fun character and could still be in the movie she's gonna i i like in these types of movies where there's somebody trying to help this person along not like gina davis in the fly you understand what i'm saying like somebody yeah yeah okay on the lamb is it her do you want to do it do you want to have the boyfriend character be that that guy yeah, I mean, it could it could just be, for the sake of the scene, it could just be some guy she sleeps with. But I, I like the idea of attaching kind of like an affable doofus to the movie, like the David Arquette character of this movie. I'm fine with that. that I, again, good casting because I know exactly how he's going to act. Right, yeah. It's like he has to, he he's along for the ride. But I think he's not, it's like, we have to give, like, okay, the, to your point, Gina Davis in The Fly is a reporter who's writing about this scientist, right? Right. And so it gives her a reason to be in the scenes. I don't want to go that literal with it. I would love for this to be somebody helpful to her. That's like, what I'm saying. He's Does a somebody- cop so he can cover up for her, or he's a journalist so he can research for her, or he's, I don't know, she's a scientist, so who, should, who, who would she be with? Maybe he's like, is he an EMT or something? Like, I don't know. Well, I think I, I like where you're going. Here's what, I, like okay. I like that, no, I like that his job is going to um, be helpful in some way. What I what I'm trying to get at is, it, are is she trying to? If she is trying to cure herself, she will need to get someplace to facilities where she can do that. Sure, but hold on, hold on. I think we should pause on the boyfriend character, and here's why. Okay. We've got the start. We've got like the first half of the first act. We don't have the moment that Ron Perlman decides he's coming after her. And at that point, she will have a crisis where she has to deal with the situation and that's where she's going to need help and it will become obvious what the boyfriend's role is. Okay, let's build so that think, scene. The right. first so thing, we've, what we've got, what we've, hold on, what we've got is the scientist has realized that the dinosaur DNA has infected her 
She is developing dinosaurs and it's maybe making her ferocious. But she doesn't have proof that she's turning into a super soldier. So what happens next that Ron Perlman goes, I've got to, I've got to capture this person? I think this is actually going to be easier to put together than you think it is. Because first of all, it has to be public. It's got to be in a public place. It's got to oh, be something. Cool. It's got to be something that's going to make the news. So it's got to be like she goes to Starbucks or McDonald's. McDonald's is even better. Like a fast food place, right? <laughs> Let's and, be honest. It's Burger King. It's bur- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a Hardee's we're talking about here. And, um, <laughs> this is a Hardee's film. Um, so so she know. goes into Arby's and... <laughs> No, not Arby's, dude. That's Hardee's. <laughs> We're not There's, slumming it. This, this movie's not good enough for horsey sauce. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's one of those things where, no, seriously, Arby's is not bad because I was going to say, like, they serve her the roast beef sandwich and she just goes, like, frothing at the mouth carnivore and just, like, she fucking... She her neck gills. <laughs> exactly, and just fucking bites some dude in the face, some poor teenage <laughs> waitstaff person, and then... Like, she's like, holy shit, she's got to run. And, you know, I think that's actually a really funny bit. I think that's good, you know? Um, but it has, to, it has to be bigger than that because it has to get, like, the Pentagon's attention. If you're going to go public with it, which I think is fine, I think it's fine. Well, I'm saying, like, she literally bites someone's face off. So there's oh, a new... Oh, no, we can do that. No, 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 no. We can, we can use this as an opportunity to establish her as a good character. So after the night where she transforms initially and her boyfriend's like, you were an animal last night, she goes out for food, she gets the food, and she's, like, ferociously devouring, like, 14 Arby's roast beef sandwiches or whatever. Mm, and she's crazy. like, ah, this crazy appetite. That's different. Whatever. Then she gets on the subway or something, right? A bus. What? It's a bus. There's like some punks who try to attack like a little old lady. And she's like, hey, back off. There's some kind of confrontation and we establish her. We have her save the cat, right? We have her like, which, sorry, welcome to Hollywood Drew's Corner. There's a term called save the cat or kill the cat. And uh, when you're trying to establish a villain, you want him to kill the cat. When you're trying to establish a hero, you say they save the cat. And what this is, is like very early on in the movie, you just show them doing something nice to an animal or a helpless person. And immediately in the audience's mind, they go, that's the good guy. Great. I care about them. So we're going to have her save the cat on the bus or on the subway where this gang is going to attack somebody for no good reason. She's like, hey, back off. They shove her. She goes dino powers. Claws come out of her hands. She fucking slashes these people up. Then we got this scene where she like runs away and the, the cops show up and these gang members are like, yeah, she had like knives for fingers. Or like, I swear she had fangs. She bit my fucking ear off or whatever, right? And, uh, and so, so now like Ron Perlman shows up and he's like, this seems like super, he's doing X-Files shit. He's like, this seems out of the ordinary. This seems supernatural. Wait, I'll check the security footage. Oh shit. The researcher was there. So now that, Ron Perlman's like, she's got dino powers. That's the, that's the, sir, you better have a look at this scene. Yes. That's what, yeah. 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 Exactly. We, what have, that we is. have Ron Perlman walking into the subway station. Like you check the security cameras. You arrest that person. You make sure that person doesn't talk. Yeah. And the guy's sir? like, Sir, sir, you you better have a look at this, sir. I really want to stress something really quick, and it's going to seem like a minor thing, but I hope you get where I'm coming from. Yep. I, I, I like that you established this uh, whole saving the cat thing. Also, I now have a new phrase that I can use at dinner parties to make other people feel uh, stupid, and that yeah, makes me feel good. Save um, the cat, kill the cat, yep. Um, but uh, I feel it's really important that in these action scenes, uh, 
Jenny Garth do very horrific, gory things to people. Like, I feel oh, I like... I love it. Yep. Because I feel like otherwise it's it's not going to be Planet X-y enough. I want... I, and the fact that she's being... Again, casting someone like that and having her do gory, horrible things. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, vindictive things, but, like... Yeah, she slashes someone, but yeah, like you said, oh, she bit my ear off. No, she's gonna bite someone's ear off. So, so that's a great point. This is the the late '90s, early 2000s era where a lot of the '80s slasher stuff had percolated long enough that it was starting to dovetail into action movies. So, like, we're like. If you go watch Commando, like it's very tame in terms of the action. By the time you get to the 90s or 2000s, it's not uncommon in an action movie to see somebody like tear somebody's fucking throat out, like Roadhouse style. Uh, Like, you know, eviscerate people, cut limbs off. Like Blade is a great example of this, where he's chopping off arms and legs left and right, something you never would have seen in a quote-unquote action movie 10 years earlier. So I I think it's right in that era where the action is a little too bloody. I yeah uh and 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 it being straight to video and it trying to capitalize on like species and things like that I yep. I feel like if if someone's in the straight to video body horror um special effects market they're they're going to be like well we might as well throw as much blood in this thing as, as we can I still want her to be a good person I think that's what makes it an interesting watch. Sure. No, but she's she's doing the um, like to your point. I think I think Incredible Hulk was the right starting point where she has these powers that when she uses them, she loses a little bit of her own control, and she's she's eviscerating people, whereas she wouldn't ordinarily do that, and that's super compelling. Like we can go we can go really far with that because jumping ahead because we got to figure out the second act of this film in the final act she has to let herself go it has to be like you either have to fully embrace the dinosaurs or some ultra bad thing is going to happen and she's like all right fuck it i'm going fully feral i let i'm letting the werewolf take over and i'm just going to shred ron perlman and these super soldiers okay here's what i think we need to do okay i think we need to go from where we are. I think we're just going to have to slug it through this second act and get it done. And But the other thing I want to say is I would very much like the ending of this movie to be that um, uh, Jenny Garth and David Arquette decide to remain dino people. (gasps) Okay, we can get there. We can get there. We can for sure get there. Let me me do a couple things. Let me do a couple things. Yeah, let's let's do this. One, this movie takes place in New York. Like it. Two, David Arquette's character is a taxi cab driver. He is her motive. That's great. I'm sorry. I exploded a little bit. That's very good, Drew. That's very good. His his mode of transportation allows her to get around the city without using public transportation, which is cool. It gives him a reason to be on site and to ferry her around and for them to have a lot of conversations. We also get those cool scenes where he's driving, but she's like a dinosaur person in the back seat like coming down, which is cool. Uh, and three, it gives them anonymity because nobody can find a taxi cab in New York. So if she can get to the taxi cab and he can get into traffic, Ron Perlman can't find them, which is a I really like good it. scene. Stylistically, I just want to make sure that I make the note that we're talking about uh, the era when there were taxi cabs in New York that were still like 1954 Chevys. Oh, that's fun. Okay, yeah. Like, so like, yeah, okay. Cool, cool. It's like the rounded out kind of two tons of steel 
taxis. Yeah. I know they still float around. Waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. One fucking, my wife got that joke. <laughs> well, one of those cabs. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, which flora? Um, <laughs> it's Scrooge. Sorry. If you're listening to this and you're pulling your hair out, it's Scrooge. <laughs> you, know, you know who that actor is, right? Uh, ooh. This is a deep cut. This is fun. This will be Blair's little obscure corner where I pull out a nugget of fun. Okay, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> he is the lead singer of the New York Dolls. His name is David Johans. No shit. Yeah. It's one of the good casting. He became an actor after the New York Dolls split. Uh, kind of like Henry Rollins has done some acting. Ooh, can we get Henry Rollins as a cameo in this film? Because I would like that. I'd like that a lot. Yes. Okay, well, yes, he's in the movie. But, I mean, to quote you, we can and we do. But um, where? Because I feel like like late 90s, early 2000s, which is, where we've, which is where we've been couching this, he was not quite the Henry Rollins we know today. He was not quite the spoken word artist Henry Rollins. He's working in the fast food restaurant. That's his that, Is that right for him at the time? Like, would he be like a get where like people would be like, oh, Henry Rollins, or like... He's not, he's not a get, man. This is way post liar yeah 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 he loves independent films he shows up in things i'm saying we should oh you know what the best thing to do with henry rollins in a movie and people have done this you make him a cop oh oh that's cool too yeah because he's a big dude let's do fuck it let's play it x we're gonna do our thing he worked for ron perlman yep and he is going to be the government dino soldier henry rollins perfect perfect yeah i like him as like a um you know who got those roles was Thomas Jane. Got those roles forever. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me, excuse me. Not Thomas Jane, not Thomas Jane. Adam Baldwin. Uh, the dude who played uh, Jane on Firefly. That I am familiar in, like, with Independ- Adam Baldwin. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dude was in like, I mean, yeah, he was in Independence Day. That guy was in so many things as like, he would walk on in a cop uniform or a suit and just be like, hey, sir, I think you ought to see this. Like, <laughs> well, I, so put, put them both in there though, I think. Put I was gonna say, let's get, them, let's get them both in there. Or no, no, he's like, he's like the CIA guy. He's like the by the numbers CIA guy. And then Henry Rollins is like the crazy commando who's like, we got a killer. All right, what do you got? What do you got? Drew, are, are we going to bebop and rock steady Adam Baldwin? And, and the absolute, oh my God. Okay, pause, pause everything right now. Stop. We will figure out the second act of this movie. We will figure all that out. At the end, Ron Perlman is going to take blood from our scientist and inject it into these two boys and give them some kind of accelerator or something. Which means Adam Baldwin and Henry Rollins are going to come out of fucking cryo chambers as Bebop and Rocksteady or Razor and, oh, what was the werewolf one's name? Oh, to- Toka and Razor. God, oh, man, they fucked the bed on that one. Oh, man. Uh, they, wow, they fucked the bed. Normally they just shit on it, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow, they went there with... That was like a... a no, a, they shit and fucked the bed because they're dirty they, and they're into that they scat play. German porned that movie. They oh. German porned the bed. <laughs> because why the fuck didn't they do Bebop up in Rocksteady? It's right goddamn there. I don't okay, know. All right, all right. Here's my question to you. Full time out, full stop. Blair, beloved dinosaur expert. Since childhood, you have loved dinos. I want cold, calculated Adam Baldwin and wild and crazy commando Henry Rollins to come out of these cryo chambers. What dinosaurs has he spliced their DNA with? Well, I think, I think Henry Rollins has got to be, again, they're going to be anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. So I like Henry Rollins as 
uh, sort of a Triceratops thing where he's got yes, like a Yes, that's grill. exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I knew you would. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, yes, that's exactly what I was. Yes. Fuck yes. Uh, I think. Oh, I'm so happy. Yes. And then come and collected. It has to be a sauropod. Adam Baldwin, so his neck is super long and weird, oh. right? But he's like big and beefy with like elephant feet, you know? Like that's freaky. That's weird. I went, I was gonna go like Ankylosaur, like armored up with like sure. a I mace tail. I thought about that too. So what do you, what do you like? Or like pterodactyl? I thought about that too. The, so I think these are all equally good suggestions. Here's why I initially said Sauropod is very good, though. Well, the reason I said it, though, is because it's so visually fucked up. Yeah. His neck is all long and spindly, but his arms are big and beefy, and he's got a long tail. See, we haven't talked about Gina Davis and... If we're going to drag I mean, Gina Gina Davis, our... hold on a second. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she can be a Davis, you look like a dinosaur and you're going to do a lot. No, no. I'm busy, busy filming League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jenny, we're like, is Jenny Garth? This is Cutthroat Island era. You couldn't get Gina Davis on dinosaurs. <laughs> Actually, after Cutthroat Island, you could probably do it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I... We've talked it doesn't about have as many costume changes, Mrs. Davis, but I think you're really going <laughs> to... We've, we've talked about Ginny uh, Garth a little, and it seems like she's got a little bit of everything. As our... So do you, do you not do the thing where they're trying to like hook their star on Jurassic Park and they make her like a raptor of some kind, like we talked about earlier? Or I mean, I think that's the only way you can go, unless you go full T-Rex, but that doesn't, that's what Ron Perlman has to do at the end. Well, that's what Ron Perlman has to do at the end. And right, he's got to do T-Rex. Okay, Henry Rollins, Triceratops in. I think she has to be Dominatrix, whatever it's called. It's a Deinonychus. Deinonychus, great. Or Deinonychus. We used to say Deinonychus when we were kids. Deinonychus, okay. Deinonychus, I think, is right. I may be okay. apologizing for this on episode 11. <laughs> well, no, then I like, I like him as a sauropod. And like, I think you, ugh, the neck I'm, thing is going to be real fucking weird. But like him coming out as like a big, slow moving, beefy boy. Like that makes sense. With a tiny head on a long neck is freaky. Although, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What if, okay, because he's like a spy, he's like cold and calculating. And like, what if he came out as something that was kind of like quick and sneaky versus the triceratops, which is like kind of slower moving and like ramming and like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll say this, though. I don't For Dark Souls fans, I'm thinking of Smog and Ornstein here. Like, I, I think in a movie like this, they're not going to go subtle. I think that if they're doing dinosaurs, they're going to be <laughs> really... Planet well, X well, is not known for its subtlety. Well, I'm just saying that like, they're not going to go like Jurassic Park and go like, let's pull Dilophosaurus out of nowhere and then decide that it's... like I don't think they're going to dig that deep. I think they're going to be like... Like, you know, Brontosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Triceratops. Um, you're the really popular one from Jurassic Park. And, um, and like, that's kind of it. I like okay. the idea of pterodactyls. And, and uh, pterodactyls are very visually fun. If you kind of made an anthropomorphic pterodactyl, it would be pretty horrifying. Um, yeah, because you'd have, like, a long beak. You'd have, like, uh, well, you'd have Gina Davis's thing from Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what I was saying. <laughs> was Gina it her or was it the Drew? Did I get in this movie? No, it was Gina Davis. It was Gina Davis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Drew, she's dying to be in this film. She's just, she's, she desperately wants to be in this film. No, nah, fuck that. No, I think, I think, t- 
pterodactyl feels right to me because now we've got one guy on the ground who's ramming and the and the and Adam Baldwin is like flying and oh. swooping down and pecking. So you have like that seems like a cool dynamic to me. I and then I, I, I am so in love with this weird anthropomorphic sauropod. I'll make one more pitch for it, and if you don't like it, let's chuck it. All right. I'm not going to die on this hill. My my final pitch would be like that would be the big beefy Ron Perlman transformation. I like that very much. So let's do this. Not Gina Davis. Jenny Garth has. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Wayne and Garth has <laughs> Velociraptor slash dominatrix powers. Adam Baldwin has pterodactyl powers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, Rollins, Henry Rollins has Triceratops powers. That's Ron right. Rollins has sauropod powers. That's right. What's the, what's the goofy? Well, I'll, I'll ask you that in a second. Actually, I'm gonna hold the on. David to Arquette one is that what you were going for? I was, I was. I, so, but we're gonna get there. Stop. Put a pin in that. I'm coming back to it. He's Stegosaurus, man. We are gonna fucking do this movie. All right. Now listen, listen to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's I'm so back. good. That is so good. But we can't have our dessert until we eat our main course. I know. We got to slog through Act 2. The vegetables of Act 2. So Ron Perlman gets to the subway. He sees her kill the whoever. He gets the tape from Adam Baldwin. Um, now he's going to go raid her lab and confront her. She figures out something's up. She has to run away. Oh, that's a good scene. She goes back to her lab to get her notes. Some commandos sweep in. She kind of vaguely has to run away from them. She can't really... I mean, she maybe uses her dino powers a little bit. It's like a little like mini Die Hard where she's well, like, crawling you, under tables. That's where, see, glass. that's where you see how fast she is. Perfect. Yes. So she she can't she nukes her notes. She like sets everything on fire, or maybe they do from their like, careless shooting. She gets out. She gets in the taxi cab. They lose her. She gets back home. She confronts David Arquette, and like he's like, or she she says like, I'm in big trouble. They're gonna kill me. We've got to keep things quiet. Then we cut back to Ron Perlman. He's like, we've got to find her. Oh, now they're on the run. That's cool. So now they're on the run in New York City. What's her goal, though? Where is she trying to get? Like, well, That's what I was trying to hint at earlier, and I think we need to address it now before okay. we brush it aside, is she needs to go somewhere. If her goal is to cure herself, whether she does that or not, she has mm -hmm. to be headed to, to a place where she can do that. So she has to be headed towards a research yeah. facility or a hospital. Hospital is good. I like scenes in hospitals. She, it, it, hospital it's seems too easy to me. I think it has to be like a piece of equipment that Ron Perlman has or like something that she can't get regular access to. Like she needs like a full blood transfusion. But instead of doing like what she could do at a hospital, but she can't go to the hospital because that would expose her. So it has to be like, there has to be some MacGuffin she's going for. Like well, maybe if she only I could get to the big research facility that Ron Perlman runs. They have this machine there that'll separate my blood and blah, blah, blah. It's like out on Montauk Point or something. Yeah, like does that. that work? Is that a thing? Yeah, well, that's, I was going to suggest, so is she, she, she basically, what she's doing is she's trying to break back into the lab. Um, I, I oh, think. Oh, Okay. Yeah, like maybe they burn the notes and everything, but they, they, don't, they don't destroy the lab. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe that's not a scene where stuff burns. It's just a scene where they fail to capture her. She flees. She regroups with David Arquette, and they uh -huh. hatch this plan. Okay, we're going to go back, and, and because I need to have this, this piece of equipment yep. to, to kind of, uh, you know. Okay, let me, let me suggest this. These dinosaurs. 
And she's just getting worse and worse all the time. It's yeah, just, right. Yeah, okay. Fucking awesome. Like, but I she, like I like like a werewolf thing where like she's she's continually getting worse, but also she can like turn it on a little bit and get way scalier and clawier. Like, right, but it's harder to come back each time. Yeah, like she doesn't quite come back each time, and like she right. keeps being forced to use it. Okay, cool. So here's what I was gonna say: when she goes back to her lab, she's going back to get her computer. Which has whatever she needs on it, or something it's like. Perfect. Nineteen ninety nine. All of your, all the solutions right. to everything. The are files in. are in the computer. That's right. And she, uh, in the process, she gets like the hard drive, but not the whole computer, or something like that. Right? She gets like a disk, or she gets like a zip drive. Perfect. And uh, so David Arquette's like, "Hey, great, we got the thing, right?" And she's like, "No, you don't understand. It's encrypted. It can only be plugged into this super secret military organization's computers." That's the only thing that can read it, and so and in conjunction, like I think I think that's good. I think that's good, but also there has to be like some, you know, basically like a z- what I would call a zappy thing, the yeah. thing that, that she uses at the beginning, and then yes. what 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 that what you'll see at the at the beginning of Act Three or or wherever is Ron Perlman. You, you, the zappy thing zaps both ways. So it makes dinosaurs and it takes dinosaurs away. Well, yeah, no, what it does is it, it, it yeah, it, zappy thing is perfect. Like it's, it's the thing from the fly, right? It's the blue light chamber from dead heat. What it does is it, it allows her to hack DNA or whatever. Um, oh, that's very good. Yeah, that's what that's it is. Very, that's um, very good. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what they say. <laughs> like, it's like hacking, but with DNA. Yeah, um, we're just going to hack some dino DNA. So, yeah, hers gets blown up, and the only other one is wherever Ron Perlman is, which I guess is like a shady government high-rise tower, like, it's like a skyscraper or something. That's easy, oh, very low budget. We could do. Um, I was thinking even more low budget. That's why I said like it's out at Montauk Point. Or just yeah, like, whatever. Sure, some it's secure like a facility. Row of warehouses because you could have a big, a big weird bad CG monster. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, this is really good. Okay, so she's got to get out there with her research. So she's going to try to reverse what the tube thing does. The the zappy thing. The zappy thing. She's going to reverse what the zappy thing does and try to extract the DNA. Uh, and she thinks she can do that because she has her research now. So that gives her a nice little road of trials. They they get to the facility. She's going to sneak in to create a distraction. Uh, oh, I guess we have like a fun scene where David Arquette rolls up to like the security booth and like bullshits them so she can sneak in. <laughs> Um, oh yeah that's got to be in there it's got to be in right but later she's inside and he's like this is taking too long so he creates a distraction where he like jumps his taxi in by putting a brick on the pedal and it blows up and now we've got gunfights happening blah 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 uh she confronts ron perlman who knew she was coming all along for it of course he knew he couldn't outsmart her she's the alpha hunter she has dominatrix blood in her and now he's like, but meet my two creations, not Bebop and not Rocksteady. Uh, <laughs> fucking pterodactyl Adam Baldwin and Triceratops Henry Rollins. And then like while she's beating them, he's like, he's going to escape. Oh, that's what it is. So he does the, he does the yes. thing where he's gathering I, up all the chemicals and putting them in like bags. He's like, I got to get out. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. He trips as she's like blows up a electrical cable or something. So he's like getting electrocuted while he falls on top of, the vials because they have to be vials it has to be blue and green and red chemicals uh it all goes horribly wrong he comes out it's this monstrous half the thing half sauropod 
it is the ending of the Giver where Mark Hamill turns into that weird antler shambling. Oh, thing. and in the same way, Ron Perlman's face is stuck at the end of that long spindle. Oh, fuck yes. Like fuck yes. Mr. Potato Head body, but with this weird serpent neck with Ron Perlman's face. And it's bad CG, so you know. Oh, you know. bad CG is good. I was going to say it's really it's really high-end animatronics. <laughs> like, well, it's got to be. It's it kind of that uncanny valley. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that's exactly where it is it's, it's animatronic until he talks and then it's weirdly cg yeah and it's it's not really that much better than lawnmower man like really you know yeah it's like the uh, like the scorpion ki- or uh, mummy 2 was it mummy 2 where they have the rock as like a scorpion person and it's like watching it's yeah. like watching putty be animated in live action it's just yeah, the it's, weirdest thing to look at it's not good it's not it's not and they made vigo look so much better in that painting in ghostbusters 2 what the hell mommy <laughs> movies but um but yeah no no well, no that's all uh, matt that was all you know matt. yeah that's well that's the answer to that um yeah. okay okay i like there's almost a movie here we need to do a recap we've we've i think we've got the i think we've got this okay no, this feels good. This feels really good. I'm really excited about this. Okay, so hit hit me with the hit me with the recap. You're way better at this than I am. Okay, sure. So uh, we start off the movie with a young uh, researcher uh, working on like secret government black ops stuff. Her particular field of interest is biology, uh, particularly paleo uh, pa- paleontology. She's under a lot of pressure from Ron Perlman, her boss, who's some high up in the Pentagon or something that she's not producing results for his super soldier program. She feels like the most important thing to do is actually to research what killed the dinosaurs uh, and use that to create, I don't know, preventative medicine or some bullshit. And, uh, in a last ditch effort to prove that her research is going correctly, she injects herself with this dino DNA, ignoring the fact, the nagging fact in the back of her head that this particular dinosaur specimen is covered in weird lesions. That night, she goes back to her apartment thinking herself as a failure after Ron Perlman basically shuts down her entire program. She starts to develop scales, boils on her skin. Her boyfriend, played by David Arquette, who's a taxi cab driver in New York, uh, is is alarmed, but not too, too worried, suggests she takes a shower. While taking a shower, she goes through more of a transformation, uh, ends up sleeping with David Arquette that night, and has like a partial transformation into a dinosaur, shreds the bedroom. Uh, the next morning they wake up, she realizes something has gone wrong. Uh, he suggests, don't worry about it, go back to work. She goes back to work uh, and and has kind of, I think, a rough moment with Ron Perlman, where he's like, I'm definitely going to shut you down. This is fucking bullshit. She's like, I'm on the verge of something really promising, but I can't talk about it. He says, you're done. On the subway ride home, uh, she saves the cat, where she's some gang attacks some lady. She unleashes her power. She gets the fuck out of there. But Ron and his boys, played by Adam Baldwin and Henry Rollins, show up. They find footage of what happened, and Ron realizes she's hiding something from me, something that could potentially solve my super soldier problem. Now the chase is on. She's got to get back to the lab to get her uh, data so that she can try to reverse this thing. But there, Ron Perlman's dudes are already waiting for her trying to get uh, the, the, the data. Uh, they shoot up the lab, and she gets enough information to realize she's got to get to the zappy thing, the only two zappy things. There was one in her lab. There was one in Ron Perlman's lab. Hers is destroyed, so she's got to get back to Ron Perlman's lab. Now it becomes a, a road of trials for her to drive back to this facility on a Montauk Island-style facility uh, where she eventually confronts Ron Perlman, who reveals his two super soldiers, uh, Pterodactyl Adam Baldwin and Triceratops Henry Rollins, before himself becoming Sauropod Ron Perlman. Uh, She ends up killing them all, 
uh, and simultaneously, I think, curing her own... Uh, no, no, she doesn't cure dinosaurs because in the last battle, the zappy thing is destroyed. She accepts her fate. She must become dino woman. She ends up back at her apartment. She hears the shower running. She goes into the bathroom and says, I have the worst news possible. I couldn't solve everything. Why aren't you answering me? Why aren't you talking to me? Rips the curtain open. Stegosaurus David Arquette. Roll credits. And I think that we've got Helmet doing like a theme song on this one. Fuck yes, dude. I love Helmet. Hell yeah. A movie, a movie cool enough to get uh, Henry Rollins would probably be like, let's ask Helmet. They're still on a major label. Let's see if they can do us a thing. Yeah, and like Helmet or like, like uh, I mean, another band that's in that, like Hum is another one of those bands that like did the hard rock thing in the grunge era and got away with it, but were legitimately good, like kind of proto metal bands. <laughs> like, yeah, in very different ways, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that at all. You I know? see both um, of yeah, no, big drums, big riffs. Yeah, uh-oh. dude, Drew, that's Drew, great. You know what we can sneak in on those credits though? Dinosaur Jr. Well, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> is that two on the nose? <laughs> I was gonna say one of these bands covering. Like helmet doing everybody walk the dinosaur. My favorite song of all time. If I know it is the cover of boom boom akalaka laka boom boom boom. And, and now we have super sequitured back to Super Mario Brothers, thus completing the Ouroboros of Planet X. <laughs> I want to tell you something, Drew. I something. <sighs> I've fallen in love, and it's with this movie that doesn't exist called Dinosaurs. Colton knows how to name a man. They don't at first sound like good titles, but they pull the good shit out of us. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Black Magic he's doing with these portmanteaus. Dude, that was tidy, though. We got through the whole movie, we cast it, and we got the soundtrack. That feels really good to me. I like where this one landed. I'm really... I mean, I know I say that every episode, but, like, I'm into this fucking movie. Man, I'm very into this movie. This is a great... This is a movie, man! This is a movie! Oh, wow! That's a movie that might have gotten made. Can I say this too? The longer it went on, the higher the budget got, which I really like about this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a real movie. You know, yeah. We need a little more money. You know? well, when we started, we were like, all right, it's Jenny Garth. Oh, God. What are we going to do? Kind of a species knockoff. And at the end, we're like, no, fuck it. We're going big budget. It's filmed in New York. There's taxi cab chases. <laughs> so can I, can I tell you something? I, I had a fear going into this episode that sure. we were we were developing a little bit of Star Trek movie syndrome. If if you're unfamiliar, the Star Trek movies have a curse associated with them that the odd numbers are very bad and the even numbers are very good. Which and, I kind of think is bullshit except for three, but that's okay. Oh see I like three. Whatever. I think the whole thing is bullshit. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But but I get I get the theory. And if you look at our episodes, our odd numbers are kind of us going like, oh boy, service dogs, what the fuck are we going to do with this? Whereas the even numbers are like, how great thou art. Hard Eagles too. Like there's some fucking bangers on the evens. Yeah. And I, was worried, I was really worried coming into nine, we were going to get a stinker, but I feel like we got a pretty good one. Oh no, I'm very happy with I'm this. very happy with, with dinosaurs. And I want to thank Colton Bowen for this suggestion. Thank you, Colton. Thank you, Colton. Friend of the show. Thank you, Colton, and and my goodness, if you at all enjoyed this, please send us your titles, because if we can make dinosaurs into something, we will make whatever popped into your brain 
something and we will be happy to do it. Go to planetxcinema.com and hit the submit button. Or if you just like being old fashioned in 1999, like this movie, send us an email to planetxcinema.com and yeah. we will open our email and, and we will read it and we will take your suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, we do just a little bit of housekeeping here. We have uh, a screening coming up October the 26th. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, you'll probably have about 24 hours to get to that screening. Uh, it is in San Antonio, Texas in Southtown at a brewery called Kunstler. Uh, we're doing a double feature of Invaders from Mars and The Blob. Those are both the 1980s remakes of the 1950s films. Uh, so come out for that. Um, we are also a baby, 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 baby podcast. And it's super important to us that people find us. And, and rate us and, and that's super important when you're a new podcast so uh, we're on iTunes we're on Stitcher we're anywhere where you find podcasts just search for Planet X Cinema and um, hey follow us and share it with somebody because we're not advertising and that would be hugely <laughs> hugely hugely helpful um, I also want to give a huge shout out to our opening theme song uh, which is Oedipus Sex off the album S slash T uh, by Pinko you know that just is self-titled right what? S slash T is just shorthand for self-titled. Is it really? You didn't fucking know that? Were you a child? I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was just some kind of weird esoteric name. <laughs> oh, no. It was kind of cool. Drew. Oh, baby, baby boy, Drew. No, that just means the name of Pinko's album is Pinko. Ah, oh, so that Steven Spielberg movie I saw called S stroke D was just Steven Spielberg, the movie. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. That's absolutely right. Okay, I didn't know that, and I feel very stupid for having said it, but it doesn't uh, detract from the fact that you should definitely <laughs> go listen to Pinko and definitely listen to the track Oedipus Sex off their apparently self-titled record. Oh, man, um, listen to all of, they, uh, they are fantastic. They're great guys. And, and we, yeah, we super appreciate the use of their song Oedipus Sex uh, in, our, in our new intro music. Ah, got rid of that hey. 8-bit stuff. Sorry if you liked that. It's gone forever. <laughs> I also want to thank Brian Ahrens for our new voiceover introduction. If you're interested in uh, learning more about him, uh, you can find him over at www.brianarensvo.com. B-R-I-A-N-A-R-E-N-S-V-O.com. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Drew Hicks. My name is uh, Blair Hicks. Do you have anything else, Drew? No, no, I'm good. I, I think we did it all. Good, because I only had one other thing that I wanted to say, which was that the search for Planet X continues. Living legend needs eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Bum, 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 bum.